Another episode of Five Minute in Canada. I'm your host Tom, and with me, as always, are Dan, Mike, Steve, and Fuck Ward. Fuck Ward. Yes. He's uh, right now on the other side of the planet. Is he in Peru yet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Double Fuck Ward. God damn it. I know. Yeah, he's drinking all those good-looking drinks and sunshine and nice temperatures and. And he's going to miss two podcasts, so we don't need to rap, rip, rip on him too much this one because we also got some next podcast to rip on him before he yeah, gets back. So totally. We do have to thank him for running uh, Onslaught. We do, because that was a ton of work. Yes. Yeah. So So he deserved vacation, is what I'm saying. Yeah, so thanks for running Onslaught, and go fuck yourself. (laughs) Now, um... (laughs) uh, So this week in Hobby, I'm going to start. I guess it's been more than than the one week, but the big thing for me that I got done up in the last week was the um, uh, goblins for Shadespire. Yeah. Yeah, and they were a lot of fun to paint. Ah, Shadespire, just like the fact. If, well, how many goblins were there? Seven, nine, nine. Wow, huge. Well, That's... technically, you're right. There were seven goblins and two squigs. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but it was really funny because I went. Um, yeah, like, never mind. That's that's for later. So I did that. Steve. Uh, tournament prep, I've kind of been working on them off and on for the last little bit, but uh, I actually got my Shining Spears playable, and more importantly, I got their bases done, and I figured out a way of replicating a base that looks kind of like the lava uh, resin bases that I bought a while ago. So uh, it's using the Astro Granite paints from GW, the texture paints, uh, which look really good with Drakenhof Nightshade. And they're dramatically less discontinued than resin bases. Oh my god, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and way cheaper. Yeah, and it, you know what? The I actually was kind of a little bit worried about the Shining Spears uh, in terms of like making them fit in with the army and kind of like look with, good with my old stuff and also tie into the new stuff. And I'm super happy with how they're coming out. The riders are not even close to done, but the bikes themselves are uh, more than base coated, and I'm I'm enjoying them. So, yeah, that's good. That's basically it. Nine nine bikes, kind of half done. <laughs> okay, uh, <clears throat> what did I get done? I got two Reavers, uh, Reaver Titans. Yeah, Reaver Titans. Reaver jet bikes. No Reaver. Titans. <laughs> I did more than Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm not done yet. Four Warhounds got done. Uh, I got uh, the. Uh, the Fire Striders done for uh, really, yeah. I've got another set of uh, Steel Hearts Champions done. Um, what how are, are how are the uh, Fire Striders to paint? Oh, they're good. They're 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 really nice. They're yeah. They they didn't have as most of the cloak was over their shoulder pad, so you didn't get that nasty split down the the middle that you get on the other guys, which was nice. Uh, there's something else I painted. God damn it. Have you touched the Gellerpox infected yet? No, no. I put them all. I put them all together. So all the world traders put together. Nice. And I put it. I'm put put together all of the stuff for my second Adeptus Titanicus Legion. So that's two warlords, <laughs> a reaver, and two warhounds are done. How many warlords do you have now? I have three in total. Cool. <laughs> I own two. That's ridiculous. <laughs> And god damn it, there was one other thing I did, I can't remember. It was another Shade Spire group I finished off too. I also worked on large models. I put together a missile pot for my knights. 
I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, missile pod. Yeah. Oh, I guess I built a bunch of terrain. That was a thing. Did you still beat me? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> what terrain did you build? Uh, for this is not a test, I did up a bunch of shanties and some like scatter terrain stuff. And I got to put together a scale model of a uh, 40s Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, yeah, I saw that. You did a like an actual model. Like, I call it actual model kit, but like when people think of like model scale kits. Model. Yeah, scale models, trains and There's a 148 scale. Yeah, car. Uh, like German World War II style Beetle. That's awesome. So that was like, a lot of fun. I got to get around to painting that stuff. But I think, just a heads up, I think the Beetle came out after the war. Did it? Yeah, pretty sure. I don't remember. Whatever. It's old. It's a yes. car. Oh, I got the the, the new uh, Stormcast done. Storm Sire's Curse Bridge. Oh, yeah, the Spell Guys. The starter set ones. Yeah. Okay. From Night Vault. Yes. Very nice. Dan, I painted two right feet and some bases. You painted a Land Raider, Dan. I did paint a Land Raider. <laughs> I painted an Ultramarines Land Raider. And we're not going to talk about how big it was. <laughs> because the size doesn't matter. No, it's still a Land Raider. Mm-hmm. It was an epic Land Raider. <laughs> it was an epic Land Raider. Maybe. <laughs> it maybe is a Land Raider that a Titan is stepping on. Yeah. But it's painted. You know what would be cool? If you did a Warlord Titan, did a real Land Raider. Like, a, not a real Land Raider, you know what I mean? I got a One-to-one like scale? 40, well, sure. I was going to say a 40K scale Land Raider with a four, uh, <laughs> 40K scale Warlord Titan. That would be pretty cool. It would cost a couple of bucks. Yeah. Wow. Exactly a couple of dollars. Yeah, just two. I should I should get one. Yeah, it's super accessible. What's the holdup? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was just you doing can do a lot more cool stuff with the depth stick <laughs> in reason. Yeah, it is much more reasonable for sure. So yeah, I was mostly putzing around with um, Titanicus stuff and spending way too much time on unimportant things. And uh, I realized it's gonna it's not what I meant by it. I meant unimportant things like painting the base to a higher level than necessary. But that also, sound like you at all. But also, uh, my mom was in town the last week leading up to the tournament, so all the painting time that I wanted to have was not a thing. I thought you were going to say your mom is unimportant stuff. Well, <laughs> that's, like, why I need, that's why I felt the need to clarify <laughs> that statement. Like, I couldn't just lead directly from one to the other, because it would make me sound like a terrible, terrible yeah, person. Yeah, for what it's worth, unlike Mike, like, our families don't pay attention to this shit. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought we forgot, didn't you? I was kind of hoping. <laughs> <laughs> They're just proud of him. That's okay, all. moving on. But, proud uh, of Mike and his battling. <laughs> uh, we should get into some shut up and take my money. Oh, my God. I don't even know where to start. Uh, mine's going to go straight into the new game that I'm forgetting the name of, uh, Blackstone Fortress. Warhammer Quest. Oh my god. That looks cool as hell. I don't even know. Just They've only shown off the... Uh, two models. Two models. And I already want it. And, like, but the thing that's cool about it is the animated shorts they've been doing. Yes, those are yeah. actually pretty sweet. They've and been really cool. They somehow managed to make a Crute model not a disappointment. I, I want to paint that Crute. I've always loved Crute. It's because Crute are cool. And I think Crute their design cool. is amazing. Yeah. But they often... They're, they're plastic sculpts. They're starting, yeah. Yeah. And they're also plastic sculpts that are probably close to 20 years old. Uh, not quite, but close. 15, maybe. Yeah, easily yeah. 15. 15. I think it's 15. Sure, 15. They came out, because the Tau came out in 3rd Ed, and they were midway through 3rd Ed. So it'd be like 2002, 2000, between 2002 and 2004. Somewhere around there. Still. It's a long-ass time yeah. ago. It's a, yeah, at least 15 years. 
2002. Yeah. So, yeah, 15 years is a solid, solid number. But yeah, they're they're definitely a cool concept for sure. Um, and this new model, like kind of updating them slightly in terms of detail yeah. level. Hopefully, it sparks a little bit more interest in them as a species that exists in the universe. Yeah, they're terrible in 40k, so it'd be interesting to have some background, like where they're at. And I don't know if I necessarily want to see the days of the like crude, weird supplement codexes coming back. Because that oh. list was weird as shit. Yeah. But uh, it's something that reinvents the army. At least at least just to give them like the plastic hounds and the plastic um, crudoxin. Stuff like that would be You know what I was thinking about the other day is... is you could have a crude version of Oregon Trail if you had oxen. Think about it. <laughs> what what kind of disease would you get? You Would you get a case of the crude instead of smallpox? I don't know. You get a case of the gene stealer strain. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of... <laughs> you get the Geller pox, actually. Would you know, correct? Yeah, I know. Ew. I don't think you want either of those. Uh, but the other thing that I... And more excited about now is in the animated short. There is a very much an ad mech looking thing. Uh, I don't know if you saw the one from today. Yeah, it looked like a tech priest, and I, I thought I saw one that looked like it had an Eldar sniper rifle. Yeah, but there's also. Did you not see the the today? They have like a giant robot. Oh, I didn't see the robot yeah, it one. Like a, it did. It looks like like a bigger version of a uh, Castellan, like an ad mech Castellan, not a. Castellum with a K, not a Castellum with a C. Okay, can we take a second and talk about this? Games Workshop is working so hard to have these, like, hyper-specialized names. Yeah, I know. Why the fuck in the same game system, in roughly the same army, are they naming two, two things, things like the Castellan? same thing? Yeah, well, Castellan is a rank, so, like, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but why Why then? That makes even less sense. Yeah, I know, I know. Just Because one is don't. just, like, a baseline trooper robot. Tom, I don't pretend. And the other the one is a is a big, big, big Point robot. Is, in this like box one of the set, biggest robots in the box set, there's going to be some sort of crazy. I imagine sort of like because the the Imperium in uh, uh, Inquisitor mm-hmm. uh, didn't have any sort of big models. They had some cool character sculpts. That's true. That's true. But you you got this is also fifty four mil. They were already big, and anything huge would have been. Oh, I'm talking about not uh, the, with the Geller Pox and the Star Rogue Traders. Traders. Oh, Rogue okay. Trader, not Inquisitor. Rogue Trader. Yeah, okay, there's a difference. Yeah, the Imperium there didn't have any big models, right? Okay. It was the Geller Pox that had the the yep. crazy looking big thing. So I imagine this one, you're going to see maybe some Imperium like crazy battle robot thing. Whatever they're fighting against, it's going to be cool. Which I'm they still curious what they're fighting against. They haven't even revealed that, and I'm already amped on Because what's really neat about it is that that was kind of the segue into having the Acolytes and the Zangors and stuff like that mm-hmm. kind of finding their way into uh, Fantasy and 40K. Oh, was, that time, was coming Quest. through Warhammer Quest. Yeah, yeah, Warhammer Quest. Because this is also another Warhammer Quest game, which we haven't even really talked about, maybe in another, another podcast. But it seems to be a, a line that they're branding sort of with like new one-off story kind of thing. Just like, I'm, I'm hoping it's kind of the same... Um, board generated RPG game. Oh my god, that'd be so fun. Where you can just play with your friends, you don't have to <laughs> have a fucking you GM. Because you're going to paint it all up, guaranteed, oh, before I will. <laughs> this is what I thought you were thinking. 100%. You've never proven me wrong. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Screw you, Steve. Okay, anyways, that was my shit. It's sort of like game. a compliment in a really roundabout way. Yeah. Totally is a compliment. It's called a backhand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's not a backhand. It's just a compliment with benefits. No. Yeah. For us. For you. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Compliment with benefits. I like that. Uh, who's next? Me? Don't, come back to me, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to go last because I segue. Okay. <gasps> okay. Um, for myself... Um, it's a bit of a ways off, but there's already some talk of Titanicus new stuff coming out, which we can get into a little bit later, but my wallet is already crying thinking about, um, 
upgrade kits and potentially new classes of titans. Like what new classes? Like like completely um, new, never seen before. Like Bio Thirty. I think one of them was said to be <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think one of them was said to be another class of Scout Titan, and the other one I'm not sure about because I've heard a few conflicting things from people that caught more of the stream than I did. Have they ever had in the lore another type of Scout Titan other than the Warhound? Not that uh, Jason was saying that there may have been some that they have name dropped like vaguely in places that I don't remember. But not necessarily ones that are like common variants in the modern era. We talking about like original Epic Forty K where they had all the crazy different knights, like all that stuff sort of came back. Uh, I'm honestly not sure to be yeah, honest. Like I, I did a little bit of looking up on like Lexicanum and some of the other websites around the time of that um, Twitch stream to see if there was anything on those sites to suggest what it could be. Yeah, um, I think somebody mentioned something about they thought they said Warmonger Titan, but that's a variant of the Imperator. So oh, I yeah, don't no. know if that's the Warmonger right Titan. I know exactly which one that one. That's like the upgunned Imperator, right? Yeah, it's the it's the artillery version yeah. of the Imperator. So it's got the um, the big bank of one shot missiles. It's got like a big anti air fortress thing on the back. With yeah, it has cannons. no it has no transport for troops or whatever. It's just like full on artillery. Yeah, yeah. So it's not meant to be like a frontline Titan. But I would be shocked if they did the rare variant of an Imperator before they did. The Imperator? Because the Imperator's got to be bigger than the Warlord, which is crazy. Yeah, these, these things would be like, bigger than the Warlord. These things would be like $180, $200 kits. Like, they're going to be stupid. No, but, easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's all that. There's talk of, again, the they've got a new staffer that is pumping out um, designs for the upgrade kits for Titanicus for the existing models. Cool. Um, all kinds of stuff in that vein. But I also did get, um, I got a shipping confirmation for my, my Fallout stuff should be here tomorrow. Nice. Um, so that is going to probably demand a lot of my attention and I'm already thinking about what to buy next, which is crazy. Cause I have like $500 worth of shit that hasn't even shown up yet. Oh, don't forget. It's going to be a uh, dinner on you. Don't, don't forget. Oh that. yeah. That's, I'm, I'm totally going to be buying you soup because the odds of me paying any attention to my Titanicus when it's Red Dead Redemption and Fallout miniatures and all my new hobby books and stuff that just came in. Yeah, you're it's not finishing your Titan army before Mike finishes too. Might finish the left foot on at least one Titan. Because I've got two right feet currently, which is a problem. Well, you're just putting your best foot forward. Because oddly, the Reaver Titan, which is mostly painted, the left, not good. The left <laughs> foot one is the one that is kind of like screwed up in the assembly and is not going. Where the right foot actually built properly. Took a little bit of forcing. To get the uh, well, most good on. stuff always takes a little bit of forcing. No, 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 and no. Okay, <laughs> Mike, your turn. All right, so it's gonna be all orc stuff. It's gonna no. be all the new buggies and vehicles. Oh, fuck and yeah, that shit too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the mech uh, workshop. I need that workshop. And How the oh, fuck yeah. is it so cheap? Fifty bucks for like seven pieces of scenery. The mech workshop. I saw it. I it also might be one of the most detailed kits they've ever produced. You know, the reason that I want it is I've never, I don't particularly, this is the thing, I keep saying I don't particularly like orcs, except I'm actually very excited to paint up one of the orc vehicles uh, that I won in the uh, raffle at Onslaught. I really like the shock jump dragsta. The fact that it's got shaved tires for a battlefield vehicle is hilarious. So you know what you should actually do? Hmm. Is do up that inside the, like the mech workshop. I know, as with, like, a, the as, engine out. Yeah, for, like, a display piece for LVO. Oh, Tommy, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Tommy I knew that. Brilliant. See, I was just thinking oh, he said, like, encourage put an Eldar guy driving it. No, I should do that. That's dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, like, the same Han guy going, like, I, I do wonder what this feels like. Yeah, like, like damn dumb Tom Smart. Because you, <laughs> you can make a beautiful scenic vignette out of okay, that. But the reason that I want 
the reason that I want the uh, Mech Workshop is my tool bench looks exactly like the tool bench in that. Oh, mech there we go. <laughs> yeah, because they made it for you, so they you have, could do this thing. They have the vice on the corner. The wrench is scattered. Every, like anybody that's worked on a car, like in a garage, in like a shitty backyard shade tree mechanic, cobbled together garbage. That is what their workshop looks like. And on top of that, you could actually paint the, uh, um, paint the the buggy just like your. Just like your car. Not white. Orcs don't have a white car. Yeah, like a chipped white. <laughs> no. No, I'm not doing Mine that. Mine are have white vehicles. Interesting. Okay, we'll have to talk. Anyways, thank you for reminding me of that, Mike. That's one You're thing welcome. Anything else other than the vehicles? No, no, just all the orc stuff. I don't know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the new codex is. Yeah, vehicles. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you right here because this is exactly what I was saying about. Like the vehicles, the codex, the, the new dude on the trike. Um... Yeah, it sounds like the orc vehicles are going to be interesting. Like, the fact that the... Because I don't know if you noticed today in the... Uh, they are talking about speed freaks on the Warhammer mm-hmm. community site. The uh, the Def Killer War Trike allows all your vehicles to advance uh, and still charge. Correct. Which means, like, dread mobs. Yeah. Like, fo- like an army... Killer like cans, dread mobs, more... Like, all vehicles. Like, it's going to be amazing. Crazy. Yeah. Especially when all your vehicles have some sort of close combat ability. Yeah, Anyways. and when the, then when they're death skulls and every unit gets to like re-roll shit, yeah. re-roll all of the things, like it's going to be really cool. Evil Sons, what, which clan are you? Evil Sons. Oh, so you're going to get to add some extra distance to those things to make it even crazier. Apparently like 30 inch charges or 30 inch like war buggies moves is like not, I'm going to be like. Well, because they get the bonuses to their advance and charge. Yeah. Anywho, going to be neat going to be neat. Yeah, I, that's honestly what mine was. I'm really excited for the orcs. And I, I kind of want to just segue into like talking about Orktober a little bit, because about four months ago, I, I started rejoining some 40k Facebook groups. Sure. And all I've been hearing is complaining from all of the 40k orc players who are just like, <laughs> where's my Orktober? Where's my Orktober? Orktober. And they're just all they do is whine and complain and the salt. Yeah, I know those guys. I I don't understand. I don't understand it. It's like horrible. It's like I actually had higher standards to what I thought orc players were. It's but obviously there's a lot of really. The October White Dwarf didn't have any orcs in it. It just messed with people's heads. And like, frankly, yeah, most of the stuff's not not actually getting released in October or in October. But at the same time, they go. Is, that, is there actually vitriol around this? Like, there's, oh, there's some dude, dude, Jesus, dude. It's, it's just pathetic. like not being out in the yes. forty. The forty k memes are like a hundred percent Orktober related right now, and it, they're all salty as fuck. Yeah. What groups are you in? The forty k Ork group, like the main one on Facebook. Okay, well, I'm definitely not in that, so maybe I missed it. But yeah, like the 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 Twitter, the Instagram, like anything related to Warhammer hashtags is full really? of salty Ork players right now. Yeah, because it really sucks that they got probably the best release out of any 40 Karami since say, 8th edition came out. Sisters of Battle have uh, a lot of things to say about uh, their <laughs> situation. Well, and the thing is, most people are complaining because they're like, well, if Games Workshop never said Orktober in the first place, we would not be so angry. And it's like, you know what? They gave us a lot of good content. Yeah, yeah I was at the back half. Yes, it was back half. Is this Locked actually up. a thing? It's yes. huge. It's yes. a huge fucking thing. These guys are losing their goddamn minds. Over three weeks. Over three weeks. 
And, and it's all, the whole rhetoric is, you should have just never called it October if you weren't going to give it to us in October. Like, that's, okay. <laughs> and it's salt for Jays. I like, am a, I seriously, am. if all of the salt from these orc players actually materialized into the real world. Basing scheme for your army has to be salt flats. But, like, water, yes. water yes. would disappear. Yes. Water would, we would have no water on the planet anymore. There is so much salt in these fuckers. But you definitely have to have... Not even just salt flats. The salt flats from um, Last Jedi, where the guys like lick oh, in the red. salt. Mm, salt. Like, <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta, have, you gotta make sure. It gotta looks have like salty. the white. Can, like if an orc just like, but has like white sand with like the tracks and the footprints and stuff on the base being the red. Just go full on Last Jedi salt bases for your orcs. I've already got my scheme, so <laughs> no. But. I love it. Yeah, no, seriously. And, like, I look at this, and... This is kind of sad. And here's the thing. So we got this... Do they not know that there are other factions that have waited much longer? Well, to be fair... To to be fair... I was going to say, when did they... So they had a codex. They're the last in 8th edition, but 8th edition has been a codex, like, every three weeks, feels like. Yeah. So, yeah, they're the last, but they had to wait, what, maybe two years? Not even a year and a half. Year and a half since their last codex? No, a year and a half since 8th edition came out. Okay, but when was their last codex before that? It doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I know no, but here's mean. the thing. As a Wood Elf player, and I hear any of the salt from these fuckers... Yeah, totally. I went for a solid decade without a new book. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I get it. Like, Dark Eldar, feel the same pain. Sisters of Battle, same pain. Like, there, yeah. was, there was a very long period between Dark Eldar books from 3rd to 5th. And Sisters, have they even had a new book since... No. They've had new codex. They haven't had a codex all to themselves, yeah. literally ever, because they were a White Dwarf supplement... Like print type thing. In they had day. the Ordo Hereticus, which was like Inquisition. But it still yeah, they, wasn't all their own. They had no. the Witch Hunters Codex. That was there, right. There's never been a Sisters of Battle proper codex. Yeah. Without sharing with someone else. And I would argue that they're a proper army. All, like, you can't, like, they, they have main battle tanks. They've got transports. They've got different elite. Like, they've got a full army and they have never had a codex. So they at least players, have the same diversity as space marines. Oh, totally. And orc players mm, need to... Question mark. Well, now, I mean... <laughs> well, obviously. Third edition space marines, sure, where you had different types of marine and then terminators. Uh, but now, like, yeah, I, I, the orc players freaking out about three weeks get lost. Like, I'm a GW apologist. I'll, I'll totally admit that any day. But good lord, come on. And I'm I'm probably the opposite of you. Like I've been fairly critical of Games Workshop, but frankly, five new vehicle kits. Six if you include the uh trike. the trike. Yeah, which I would. It's bigger than a lot of the older vehicles. And combine that with that great new piece of terrain. And on top of that, the thing that's really great right now is that they announced that in the next chapter approved we're going to get rules for looting almost every single vehicle in the 41st millennium. Won't be match play, though. Oh, no. Who gives a shit? I know. Like, because, frankly, here's the thing. I agree with Play that. with it. Yeah. Don't play match play games all the time. Is it that big of a problem? Yeah, if you're, like, okay, yeah, you want to play match play games, but you want to play with your looted vehicles down in your, uh, like, they're not going to be able to balance everything. That's just impossible to have. It, it is completely impossible You want to play with it. your buddies with the vehicle that you converted up that's totally crazy, and you want to play match play rules, make an exception for that one vehicle. It's not that hard. Yeah. Just play don't a few bring games. it into a tournament. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I feel or like bring it to a tournament and call it a shock jump drag star or whatever the fuck you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, just use it as a count status. So, like, I play Death Skulls, so I am definitely going to be doing that with some vehicles. Yeah. Do you guys have any qualms with that? Not even remotely. If you want to play in a tournament with them, just call them something that's... Appropriately yeah. sized. Yeah. 
I'm good. It, guess what? Orc players have been making uh, up all sorts of different kitbash vehicles since, since the beginning of time. Forever. Yeah. It's what we do. It's yeah. what we've always done. Nothing changed. I had a buggy at one point that was made out of like a Warhammer Fantasy cannon and chariot combined with like a bunch of other shit on it. Yeah. You no, know who questioned that model? Yeah, no one. No one. No, Ever. Yeah, yeah, no. No, like, <laughs> Ever. Anyways, you're getting Fuck you guys. You're getting free rules. Yeah, you're getting cool well, not free shit. Rules. You're actually gonna have to pay for them in chapter approved. Oh yeah, but whatever. Yeah, but you're getting the new updated match play rules. So, so you guys just got six amazing new models, some great terrain, a cool box game that allows you to play with your models in a fun or orky way, and you're gonna get a bunch of rules for doing all the stuff you wanted to do, but you can't take it to tournaments. Like fuck right off. I agree. Enjoy your orcs. Seriously. Did you very briefly go to New Jersey? Yeah, we did. We took a trip. Yeah, that was weird. Well, because I feel like I'm, I feel like the Orc <laughs> Facebook page is turning into the Jersey Shore. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. That's maybe a that's bit a of a stretch, but it's not a good place. It's so. a weird claim. Like Although I do hear it's pretty magical under the pier. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sunny reference. It's a good sunny reference. Especially it's not romantic. It's not magical. <laughs> There's two guys fucking. <laughs> two homeless guys fucking. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stray, do- stray dogs everywhere. <laughs> no, but seriously, like I think when I look at the releases that I was wanting for, or I was hoping for, a lot of people were talking about how they maybe wanted new boys, Primarchs, Primarchs, as all this other shit. And you know what? If we got all that now, we'd get nothing for the and, next like eight years. And it's not like GW ever said, "Hey, we're doing Primarchs." That was just people reading between the lines. Yeah, like they totally oh, read that into. Places that it didn't exist. I agree. And if they had a new a new boy, like Sprue, I'd have to rebuy them all. Yeah, that's the one thing that's keeping me from really like getting super. Exci- I have to admit, getting super excited about orcs is I actually would like to see new orc boys because you look at like the Ludas, uh, no, the Luda Flash gets Flash gets. I think the guys with the crazy guns. Those sculpts yeah. are insane. They're huge. They're awesome. And then like the old orc boy, it's kind of. But you know what's really funny? If you look at like the Burnas yeah. and the Ludas, yeah. <coughs> fundamentally the exact same sculpt. Oh yeah, I agree. It's just basically weapons. just different arms. Yeah. And there's so many extra heads and all these different Yeah, kits. but the, the Burnas are newer. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But the torsos and legs are basically identical. To what to each other. To the old school orc boys. Yeah, they're just better. They're just better quality. They're crisper. Yeah. Everything that GW is doing right now with their the way they're doing their uh, injection molding that just is crisper. Like even uh, the new Eldar jet bikes versus the Guardians. The Guardians are still a kit that holds up well, but just the lines are not as like they're a little smoother. I'd like to see just that like because they were hand sculpted to an extent, right? Like I would like to see orcs that were. I, Cad, to be honest with you, the faces on those old ones are better than a lot of the new ones. I would 100% agree with that. Okay. And you know what? Okay. All of them are compatible bits. Like, so you look at the bikers. Yeah. Their torsos are the same size as the orc boys, which are the same size as the burnas and the yeah. ludas, and are the same size as the orcs are fine on the vehicle sprues. So you can actually okay. go through okay. and... Okay. So if they fucked with the boy set, it would fuck with everything. Oh, I, yeah, and I'm not saying that they need to, like, totally change the, the boys' set and do anything crazy. It just but they could do the same thing they do every five years with the Space Marine Tacticals yeah. plot and just recut the frame. Now there's a set of Mark IV legs, you know, that sort of a thing. Yeah, like, exactly. They could do exactly. just little tweaks to clean That's up the That's what frame. I would have liked to have seen. 
But they did that about six years ago. And added the knob torso? Yeah. Actually, I don't know. And a handful of extra bits, a couple heads. Because, yeah, the set comes with a couple of the heavy okay. weapons okay. now that they didn't use to. Considering I've never bought an orc kit in my life, I uh, will defer to your... I think I've bought every generation of orc kit. Or at least something from every generation. Yeah, since. I'll totally defer to your your experience on this one, but I'm just saying I I do kind of sympathize with not having a new boys kit because to me, to somebody on the outside, and I bet you a lot of these orc players that are complaining are also like orc players, air quotations. You know what I mean? Like kind of have a few orcs here and there, and, and yeah. just like the background and want to complain a lot. I'm not sure that the guys that actually have two or three hundred boys and a bunch of the vehicles and actually play them. So there's one thing I am terrified of. Hmm. It sounds like points are almost universally going down. Boys went up. Okay, whatever. They went up one point per model. But, like, boys were never really one of those things where you're like, oh, shit, how am I going to afford all these boys that I need to make this army work? But, like, if these if these new, like, buggy models are... Cheap. Are cheap. Which I bet you they will be. I bet you they'll be around 100 points per And model. they're 50... Oh, I'd be surprised if they're that much. And they're they're $55 a model. I mean, vehicles in 40k, do uh, you do pay a premium. Like, uh, a Rhino is how many points? 90? And you do have to pay for the weapons, and the Orc yeah. ones are fairly festooned. Like, I hope they are. I want them to be that much, because it would I be I bet great. you they're going to be around 100. Because the, the price for the models themselves, I think, is totally fair. Looking at all the pricing they've done, I have yeah. no qualms spending 55 bucks for, like, that model. It's a nice model. But yeah. if you need but, 12 of them to make an army, that's a problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm a little bit worried. That's the only thing I'm nervous about. Yeah, <laughs> you can do. I work for non for profit. I can't afford that shit because of the uh, the speed mob rules or whatever. Apparently, you can buy them in units of three, so you can do three shock jump dragsters. And just I was a little worried that was going to be an option. Yeah, you can do nine, especially for the ones that come only currently in the speed freaks box. Yep, that's expensive to get multiple. Uh, yep. Dragster or whatever thing. I think it's not going to actually be that efficient. Probably not, but I just, I really like the idea of orc vehicles warping in and out of the warp. (laughs) It's hilarious. (laughs) They're ripping around the battlefield. Is that the shock drum? Oh yeah, when they advance, they uh, get to be redeployed just like Deep Strike. If their advance roll is a four or higher, they teleport. And then they arrive via Deep Strike, like nine inches away from the enemy. And they have a heavy weapon, but they have uh, grot gunners and a targeting squig, so they hit on threes, but if they move, they hit on fours. Yeah, and their D six damage, strength eight. Like they're so actually really on the talk of, cool. On the topic of other league's rules, you can deep strike battle wagons. Yeah, apparently with the teleporta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with boys in them. Yeah, that's cool. But they can't. They'll be. I'm sure it'll be like the uh, Eldar stuff where you can't disembark. No, but who gives a shit? You disembark before the vehicle moves. I just want to drop a yeah. battle wagon oh, totally. in someone's backfield. You could bring out an underminer again. Ooh. There's three different uh, variants of battle wagon too. That's true, the gun wagon and all the other stuff have separate profiles. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of the strategy. What battle wagon did you build? I I don't don't know, actually. But I had it all (laughs) in pieces. No, it's it's too far back, but... I don't think there were variants back then, so don't worry. (laughs) I'm just putting you on the spot. Okay, good. I'm like, shit, did I miss that part? (laughs) Mm. I thought you could add a lot onto it, and I had... Everything was... You could take it apart and make whatever options you picked. Yeah. My, My battle wagon that I built was before there was a battle wagon model. Sorry, technically it was after there was a battle wagon model, but then when it was discontinued for like 10 years and they didn't have a replacement. So, that was fun. So seriously, orc players now, fuck off. Yeah, I guess we're, we've been on a tangent, but oh my god. It's gonna be good. It's great! I was talking with one of the local uh, orc players who's a bit of a fanatic. He was playing Infinity, actually, because he was like, I'm not playing until I get my codex. I just can't do it. 
Uh, and, but he was like, yeah, I'm going to pick up two or three of every single one of the vehicles. I don't really even care. <laughs> so I'm going to get them all. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I need, I need two. It's awesome. He loves his speed freaks too. So he's super excited. So it sounds like at least locally, there's really no, negative. nobody that, yeah, no negative, uh, feels yet. No. And really, how can there be? We're going to get a sweet codex. All of the clan rules sound amazing. Yeah, they actually seem really thematic, but... Yeah, they actually do. I agree. Like, they're not like, oh, you just ignore cover. Like, they actually seem to have a lot. I mean, some of those might be thematic, too, but they're just kind of boring. All the clan rules actually seem... Really cool. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're they're a little bit more than just, here's your special rule. Yeah, and the stratagem sounds so fucking cool. Like As so they the, should be, because orcs should have the weirdest cunning stratagems. So, my f- personal favorite is, obviously, the Death Skulls one. Where if a vehicle is destroyed within three inches or six, I can't remember exactly how far, I think it's of, of a unit, and it's any vehicle, so it could be an orc unit vehicle too, you spend your one or two command points, and that unit now gets plus one armor, because they looted the scraps. That's hilarious. I, I wonder how useful that'll ever be, but that's still hilarious. Well, we're talking. I, I, I see, like, hilarious shit happening. Like, I was thinking if... I think it's just infantry, so you, they should be okay, but, like, infantry in a battle wagon. Yeah. Battle wagon dies, and then the, the knobs pile out, and they're wearing the battle wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like... So I imagine they'll FAQ that, because one of the things they very quickly did with Yunari was exactly to say, if your Yunari transport is destroyed, can you soul burst from the destroyed transport? And they were like, no. <laughs> you cannot do that. That they, is not okay. Because they will probably say something along the lines of, like, well, the vehicle is destroyed before you disembark, so you're not in range <laughs> yeah. of itself yet. Yeah. But that would just that be, would be really the, good. The mental image of the, the battle wagon dying, and then the battle wagon wreckage just starting to move as it becomes a unit of knobs. I imagine, like, the, the full-on, like, cartoon, like, nuclear explosion, and then just a bunch of orcs standing there with, like, wheels and stuff strapped around them. Like just a t- wearing a tire or better yet in my mind like the battle wagon was actually a bunch of knobs just like connected together like weird transformers the whole time <laughs> literally the constructicons yeah that's awesome <laughs> like cause I can totally see, I saw I can't remember I think I saw a looted rhino or something yeah. that actually was a bunch of orc boys in all like holding. a phalanx formation holding pieces of rhino like the shields from like an orc or from like yeah a greek formation of like that's hilarious so you'd pull them apart and it would be all the boys you yeah. put them together and it was the rhino that's I kind of want that with the battle wagon and, and knobs that's that would be pretty epic yep I would approve of that Anyways, yeah, no, that I, you could then teleport into the game. It's going to be good. Like the the codex is going to be fun, and I they haven't done even like. And the other thing too is you got to remember is so the Space Wolf players, Space Wolves come out. Everybody freaks out about how bad Space Wolves are. They aren't as good as Blood Angels. And they aren't ridiculous or whatever. Right now, people are starting to play them a little bit. A month in, people that are dedicated to it, trying to figure it out. There's a lot of nuance and combos. Like these stratagems aren't obvious. Like you don't look at the profile and go, "That's undercosted." I'm going to play 27 Wave Serpents like you used to because they were just dirt cheap and really good, right? Like now you have to actually put some thought into it. And I think a lot of the internet just doesn't really have that uh, that mentality yet, you know? And like if or if you, they ever will. And if you play something because you love it long enough, you're going to figure it out. You'll make it work. You'll make it work. And also, if you're so concerned, don't play in fucking tournaments. Exactly. Play games with your buddies in your basement. Drink some or beers. play in tournaments because you'll play half your games with people that are probably not doing well because they didn't take great armies either. Probably more than half. Yep. Just lose game one and the rest of the event's going to be a blast. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> like, 
if you're so worried about it, yeah. and if you have to win, then play whatever bullshit in that list you feel like you have yeah, to win. I agree. And enjoy not having fun. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. And again, it's look at the top. Paradoxical, but okay. A lot of the really, really good players play weird shit that they want to play and do well with. Because guess what? That's the shit that goes counter to the meta. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just play your shit. I agree. Play games. Have fun. This is coming from the guy that's uh, looking at a ton of Shining Spears and Taluses, so just ignore me. <laughs> yeah, but for what it's worth, we had a lot of conversations, you know, before you made this choice. Yeah. And your favorite art, army in 40k has always been Eldar. Oh, yeah. And so this is like a new flavorful way to play Eldar. Yeah. And as much as it is kind of like looked upon as it's a little kind of wacky or whack yeah. it's also a lot of shit that you've always loved because you've had a bunch of p- painted talos models from way like years ago back oh, yeah. when they were garbage oh yeah no i know like and now you finally and this is just it play what you love and eventually it's going to come around yeah totally i agree with that because most of this that. is models that you've just always had and loved yeah I've, shining spears are just updated models i've already had those yeah yeah anywho so anyways october gonna be good four and a half pucks yeah, uh, I can't give it a five because there's no prime orcs, and I'm really salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm gonna give it a four only because the vehicles weren't available individually yet. I think that the vehicles, yeah. all from Speed Freaks, were individual. I would be a little. I, I think it will be, but yes. not right yeah. away. Like, it's long. the same complaint I have with all the GW stuff, like the Spirit Seer and Wake the Dead. Yeah. I gotta buy all Wake the Dead to get that one model that I want. But Today. I know it will come out, and like Eldred Althrin's now was in uh, whatever the hell that Death Watch one was. Death Watch Overkill. Now he's available separate. It will it be will available. Come. Just I want them now. Yeah, no, I get you. Especially because they're their own sprue. Yeah, like if it was cut weird with like multiple shit. Like clearly on it. a box game sprue where yeah. it's just like snap fit. I mean, these kind of do look a little snap fitty, but yeah, I it could definitely have in their own box. So four, four. I'm giving it four. Yeah. I I can't give it any more than a three, just for one simple fucking reason. Hmm. Gasgal. No new Gasgal. It's uh, like... Oh, yeah, fair. Abaddon fair. and Gasgal desperately need new models, because they just do not fit the current ranges. I agree. Well, it's kind of a fucking shame, though, because that Gasgal model is actually still one of the nicest models I've ever done. Just, I love the old... It just needs war, to be, like, 30% larger. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. like the old like the, the orc war boss with the choppa and the squig. Yeah. Amazing skulls. They were so cool back then. They're still cool. And I think they actually still fit like a war boss size. They're about right. But Gazgull should be just fucking awesome. Now but, that now that dreadnoughts are considered small, being yeah. dreadnought sized isn't enough. He needs to be at least contemptor sized. Well he's supposed to be the biggest orc, like since the prime orcs. Since the Primox. Yeah. Uh, okay, but here's my thing, though. I actually, I'm happy I didn't get everything in this release. Okay. Because if Games Workshop, they're almost at the end of this release cycle. Okay. We have two books left. Gene Stiller Cult? Yeah, and Yanari. Are they getting their own book? <laughs> Probably, they already did. Okay, then three. And they're in Index. What's the other one? Um, Sisters. Sisters, yeah. So we got three books left, which at the pace we go is basically like January worst case scenario. Oh, I don't know about that. I think well, the sisters change. will be 2019. They've already said yeah. that. Okay, so but like Yunari and Gene Stiller Cult potentially could be there by the end of the year. Uh, yeah, I think I have a feeling Yunari will be a supplement, like another campaign style book. Was my guess? Yeah, but that'll that'll probably be after Sisters. But like, what next? Yeah, I agree. And I think that having 
some space in these books to do some cool shit for everything yeah. is the format they have to do moving forward. Yeah. Because this whole overarching, like, widespread army changes just doesn't really work. Yeah, I mean, they can start coming back around to Space Marines. And they will. You but, know, like, like, but is but is the solution redoing do, the Space exactly. Marine book? Do they or is it to- adding new shit? I, I totally agree, and I think the the Space Marine book doesn't actually need to be redone. Like all Space Marines really need is some points adjustments, and the book's actually quite competitive. And we're probably going to see that in chapter approved. Yep. And then they could just do like, all right, this month we're going to get two new character models for Space Marines, or oh, a yeah. new Space Marine tank, and we could do that. Stop for the- doing lieutenants. Yeah. Everyone has enough Primaris lieutenants. Yeah. yeah. Give us some more chaplains or librarians or something, but like. You can do a model or two. We don't need new chaplains either, I don't think. Are there too many? There's I mean, another Primaris chaplain. Uh, there's as well. a lot. There's a Primaris like, librarian. But like, instead of doing a chapter-specific lieutenant, do a chapter-specific Primaris ancient with a banner. Yeah. Because chapter-specific banners would be cool as hell. I agree. But we could do little stuff like that all the time. We could get a new Gasgill model in... In a Space Marine army? I want Gasgills. Right? Whole squad of them. No, but I know what like you're saying. Like chained Gasgulls? Yeah. So you have do, like Gasgull herders? Sure. Do what they did with uh, like the the uh, Fracture of Biltan, where suddenly you get a bunch of new Elder models and some rules for them. Like just out of the yeah. blue. I love the idea of campaign supplements um, where they just you just end up with like, here's three new cool character models. Here's Armageddon 4, Gasgull. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, totally. Maybe Gasgull and Abaddon will get squished together into one big monster. Gasgadon! Sure. <laughs> Can't argue with that. No, you know you know how crazy all the Chaos players would go if they were like, uh, surprise splash release, here's uh, Abaddon. But that's like just it. would it. make their fucking year. Yeah. And they got to be able to do this going forward because they're either going to have to add new stuff. And one of the things about the lore for 40k that's kind of painted them into a bit of a corner is the Imperium is stagnant. Shit doesn't change in the Imperium. So what do you add for Space Marines that have been the same for 10,000 years? Nothing. Give some love to everyone else for once. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, but that's the thing. Space Marines are a big seller, right? Like, they have to, they do have to think about these things. So I love the fact that they're adding in all the fringe stuff from the Imperium, like all the Inquisitors and Rogue Traders and uh, all that sort of stuff, and going back to Sisters, and now we have Admech and all that sort of thing. But they, you're right. They're going to need to figure out where to keep going. They need an Arbity committee. Or better yet. Oh God. Arbities would be amazing. Or better yet, what they really need to make this game amazing is go full AOS and start doing weird fucking armies. Like, give us, crude. A, give us a really rounded out crude army. Like, if it was all proper. I, I didn't even get a chance to talk about this, but you know what I would love to see as a crude vehicle, like a tank? You know how they travel in war spheres? Can you imagine a crude sphere that was just like... Like crudy, like so for lack of a better term, 40k doom wheel, yeah, or 100 or, 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 or the gungans from uh, that's Phantom Menace. That's too high tech. I'm thinking like twine and like some weird grab generator because the crew really don't understand how their own interstellar inter- so works. Like, we could like convert little Groot on the inside, like holding it all together. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing, kind of like a tesseract vault except better. Yeah. <laughs> Like, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, yeah, they, they, I agree. I'm glad that they didn't do everything at once, and then you have to wait 12 years. You know? Or whatever the next uh, release would be for orcs. I imagine we're going to see a new orc release within the next year. Yep. Because they need Gazgull, and they need goddamn Defcoptas. Yes. Because you know it's not easy to get your hands on anymore? Like, eight-year-old starter sets. Don't you have a bunch of Defcoptas, Mike? I have six, I think. Yeah, that's a you lot. Actually, you can buy them, but it's like one in this, like, mini isn't hobo it, package. Isn't it like a fine cast of 
the like Gorka Morka one? No, no, no. You can get that, but no, they have a Games Workshop does not sell it. But there is a line of Games Workshop products that are only that is, in like bookstores, that are, and stuff. yeah, and like bookstores or hobby shops or whatever. Um, that is repackaged Battle from a Mac- not Battle from a Crag, um, Black Reach, yeah, starter set models. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Like the old boxes you used to be able to get of like four push fit skeletons. Yeah. Like that type of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember that. You, get you can also get the guardians. old war bikes in that. Oh really? And the old war buggies. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know why you would. No. No <laughs> one wants to, but they're cheap as fuck. <laughs> Interesting. But you only get one of the Defcoptas in the set that's like sixty bucks. Interesting. So still pretty Still probably about the same price as getting the other ones off eBay. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, you can probably find them on discount somewhere. Jesus. Anyways, I think it was great. Mikey, you dug it? Oh, yeah. Are you excited to work on your orcs? Oh, I am. As soon as I get them, uh, I, wa- I, I want all the new stuff first. I want the buggies. I want the bikes because yeah. that's what it's supposed to be. Yep, 100%. That idea of the orc speed freak army coming across the Ashway to Armageddon. I still remember reading that, like, fluff in the Armageddon Codex and being like, fuck, orcs are cool. (laughs) And I'm not going to do them because I really like salamanders and I'm going to paint up. I'm going to spend all my allowance on salamanders at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Air five. Woo, salamanders. They're good guys. They're the full on paragon. So I absolutely love them. But the the orcs just fucking. There was definitely some, like, very awkward teenage boners when that was going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's weird it's an overshare I would say awkward teenage boner is kind of yeah that's a thing <laughs> anywho um, we should move on because that was a long topic about orcs I'm sorry you guys did it with me without me last time so I had to fair fair I needed I needed my vent yeah. we mocked you too yeah. I bet but at least we, we at least we got to turn it into space marine boners so yes that's good yeah what we, uh, just, Dan and I are both uh, space marine players so we just gotta you gotta deal with it yeah. Yeah. It's okay, Mike. I got you. Yeah. Mike. Mike's the <laughs> ultimate space marine player. He, he's an ultramarine. Technically, I was too, and not just because I painted one last week. Technically, I have more Xenos armies than I have Imperium armies. Yeah, I feel Go, like Mike. I feel like <laughs> Xenos. Xenos. I have a good second slash third ad ultramarines army too. Yeah, Mike's just painted better. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it's because Mike wasn't a <laughs> child when it happened. <laughs> uh, good, times. good times. Okay, so anyways, uh, we did a thing this weekend. We did. Onslaught. Did indeed. Um, first off, important shit out of the way. Yes, there was another Eurodance party. Yeah. Yes, it was amazing. We joked for the entire last year about the Eurodance party that occurred at Onslaught last year, and we were hoping there'd be another one this year. And apparently it's a frequent event. Yeah, it happens. Because we were at the bar, and we're, it was dead quiet. There's no one in there. We're talking to the server, and we're like, oh, so I guess there's no Euro Dance party this year. Har, har, har. And he's like, yeah, it starts at 10. <laughs> and we're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so, of course, we're staying in the hotel that night, because we've got a few more drinks. And walking, we had to walk past the bar to get to our hotel room yeah. on the main floor, and every time you'd walk by, it was the strongest smell of, like, cheap cologne. That's excellent. Like, oh my god, you could, and you'd, we, you'd open your door in the middle, like, at, at night to go get something, and it would just be the second you, t- like, turn that handle and open it a crack, it was just all uns uns. You the, could hear it through the whole hotel. Yeah. Well, because we were like on the ground into the night. We were on the ground floor uh, around the corner, okay. 
So, like, getting back into there, you open the door, and it would just be like, oons, oons, immediate. That's a- that's that's excellent. And it was a Halloween. Did you go to the Eurodance No, party? man. It was Halloween Eurodance party. Oh, so that was next level. Yeah. And, like, there were, the costumes were absurd. I can only imagine, and I'm sure my imagination isn't even quite to the level that it there was, was in reality. There was at least one guy who was, like, stereotypical Soviet guy. Like what? I don't. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna just leave that. One yeah, just I'm not leave sure that. It going. was. It was wild. Uh, so I just wanted to clarify that next year, apparently, maybe we should just get a bunch of nerds to invade the Eurodance party. Now should we, we know? Should we know? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Well, if we all spend the next year learning Russian. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then I can tell you right now. Get some like rogaine. Get some rogaine on our chests. Okay. You know, get some like Kevlar clubwear. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that clubwear store on Jasper Ave uh, shut down to the surprise of no one. I know uh, the ravewear store shut down. I was very sad when it shut down. So, where am I going to go find my soothers? Or <laughs> <laughs> latex spikes? <laughs> we should move on to the actual event. Uh, hmm. The reason that we were there, which. Could be the Euro Dance Party. You're you're correct. The way you're looking at me, mm-hmm. um, but I played 40k. <laughs> yeah, you and did. had an excellent time. Went two and one. Played my Eldar. I got convinced to uh, play my Eldar by my cousin after he was like, basically, what the hell are you doing? Uh, so worked on my Shining Spears sort of last minute. Um, my only loss was super close to uh, Castellan Gallant. Four armagers and some Admech, which is kind of weird. This is very similar army to the one that I have. Um, but every single game, including the loss, I had fantastic opponents, great games, not any of the tournament drama that you, a lot of tournament players, uh, or non-tournament players hear about and don't, uh, may have a bad opinion of tournaments. I think everybody had a good game. I don't think there was really anything bad on the 40k side. Onslaught doesn't have that anymore. No. Like, it's, the, the people that are going to Onslaught are all there to have a good time, regardless of what game system you're playing. Yeah. And, like, I had nothing but great games. Um, yep. Blood Bowl is kind of a wash because I had a third round bye, so whatever. Um, but, like, Shadespire was amazing. Yeah. There was a bunch of people that I'd... The neatest thing about playing Shadespire, and, you know... So you played Blood Bowl and Shadespire? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Blood Bowl is my halflings. There's not really much to say other than I threw halflings, I laughed, I had a good time. Yeah. Um, you weren't in the running for uh, best general with, uh, or best coach with halflings? No, but I was second for best stunty. Ooh, nice. Right of two? Three. Um, But uh, with Shadespire, what was really neat about it is that a lot of guys that I see at the tournaments that I go to, (laughs) you know, when we've been playing Drop Zone or Blood Bowl or Dystopian Wars or any of the random bullshit we've played at Onslaught over the years, (laughs) and I talk to the guys and and I see them every year and we never really play, (laughs) a few of those guys, like I played in a tournament with uh, Andrew Vardero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who I've right, never guy. played in a tournament with before. Actually? Well, because I, I got out of 40K before most of our local 40K players got into 40K. Fair. Right? Or at least at local tournaments, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, um, you're right. So, I, I see these guys all the time, but I actually had a chance to play in a tournament. That's awesome. Dale and I played against each other on the weekend. Well, that's weird, and I'm guessing you guys have never really played a game? We had never played a game before. That's hilarious. And we got to play two great games. Yeah. Because with Shadespire, you get to play more than once. Who uh, who won? Did you win? Yeah. Did you win? Beat Dale? Yeah. Dale. <laughs> I'm disappointed. 2 nothing. It's going to be Dale. Ooh. Uh, no <laughs> big <laughs> <laughs> Um 
You know, and I got to play against Blair, like another guy that I always see at the tournaments who's always playing like ninth age. That's the thing about Shadespire that was interesting. I think everybody that was like, I'm a little bit burnt out of my current system, but I still want to go to a tournament, still want to play some games, play Shadespire. You know, and like Dale's talking about how he can actually, it's like the dad game. Yeah. You know, you can paint a few models really high quality and like, his models are fantastic. Oh yeah. That is such a hilarious little moniker. The dad game. It's a hundred percent could like you <laughs> But you can spend half an hour a night painting. He's got a, you, you get know, like a new model done a week, and at the end of a month you're playing games fully painted. Yeah, like when you have children under a year old, like you're not putting in the hobby time that, you know, we are, I guess. But you don't get to dink it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like it's tough. So I get it. Like that. That actually makes a lot of sense to have. Like, okay, I'm gonna get five models done in the next two months, right? Like that's doable. And like, and Dale did confirm the baby paints like shit. <laughs> so not useful for helping for tournament prep. Good. Okay. Yeah, and you can also play a game in half an hour. Yeah. So if you only have limited time to practice, to practice or whatever else, you, you don't have do to that. pack up your shit, which takes another half an hour. You know, well, and on that's, top of that, yeah, there's so many factors into it. So I got to play against a bunch of different guys. that were really cool. Yeah, and. The games were a ton of fun. Uh, I actually just only hadn't really played Shadespire and but he, since it came out, and I got four or five games in in the two days beforehand, and was able to get second overall with my goblins. That's awesome. Just playing like goblin denial. Goblins are OP. Yeah, that's really OP. That's what I've heard. Unless your name's Karen, and then you can beat me, and then then I'm sad. Um, but it's it, he lost. He lost first Skaven. place. First place went to Skaven. Ooh, I like that. But no, it was really cool. It was really fun. The neat thing about it as well, I played 10 games that day. Because I had two rounds that went to three games, two rounds that were done for two. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I can play more Shadespire. Yeah, well, the games go so fast. I think it's crazy how fast they go. So Yeah. I was really worried, honestly, about, like, gamer attrition being a thing. No. But it's not. Because Shadespire, you basically play, you do what your your cards tell you to do. Like, you have to play to your hand. So there's there's less. I mean, there's still that that uh, decision making tree that you have to sort of be aware of, but there is less uh, that you have to keep in your head. Well, and the simple yeah. fact that each game is three turns. Yeah, there's less you have to keep in your head. You don't have to think as far. You have ahead twelve either. activations. You have thirty six activations over the course of a, like a best of three worst case scenario. Yeah, you don't you don't have to actually do too too much. Like the tr- decision tree isn't crazy. So it's, yeah, you're right. It is less mentally taxing. Uh, which isn't to say that it's an like a easier game or there's less skill involved. It's just less no. taxing. Yeah. And there's less to know of like, okay, so you've got three different detachments yep. uh, from three different codexes. Yeah. So what's your list of stratagems now? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. there's there's nowhere near that level. Realistically, of you only actually use like three or four, but no, but you but. have an <laughs> option to choose from and you have to know yeah. in each situation, like be aware of them. Like there's stratagems in my Eldar and Dark Eldar codex that I had people tell me about that I just didn't even think about, right? Because you're you're thinking of ten and you've got thirty to choose from. It was the nice thing about demons where I really only had to choose from like eight. <laughs> yeah. Well you're playing mono mono demon. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. Um but no, it was really cool. Um probably one of the best turnouts in years. Yeah, no, Ward sold out nearly every system. Yeah, it was almost hundred percent sold out as an entire event, which would have been so cool. Yeah. But slightly, slightly not sold out. Yeah, 40K had 34 players, which uh, was definitely not uh, the peak of some of the onslaughts that we've had in the past, but still 34 is a big tournament for... Uh, and that was after a couple of no-shows, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's the... the 
I mean, that's the other thing too, is there's so many games that people are playing. Like Shade Spire drew a few 40k players away. Like yeah. Andrew Vodaro and um, uh, Chris and a ton of people that uh, um, could have played 40k in the past. But I mean, like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that going to a tournament supports the entire tournament. Like there were only 40 spots available for 40k, so it wasn't like the system struggled or anything like that. Uh, it was still tightly contested uh, field. Like it was good. So yeah. Um, the other thing Ward did this year that was new was the painting competition, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was actually really cool. I was so excited to see there was a, quite a few like busts and large scale models. Like it yeah. wasn't. It seemed like a lot less than usual of just, oh, well, this shit's in my army case and I'm not playing with it, I'll put it in there. Yeah. There seemed to be a lot more stuff geared towards being in the painting competition. Yeah. Some specific miniatures entered, for sure. I think you can definitely see some of the fingerprints of the AMSA group in it as well, where a number of the folks that either judged or um, dropped off models, like, they were, yeah, painting, like, different genres of figures. Like, again, the bust, the larger-scale miniatures, things that, yeah, it's not just a random... GW character that you happen yep. to like. It was it was really cool to see. Well, it's good. These sort of events for the painting side of things is going to level up our local um, and Alberta uh, painters because like these events do exist in Spain. Like the those like um, San I can't remember the name of the play the big modeling uh, show San Marino or something like that. Uh, those sort of shows are just paint related shows right we don't we've never really had that here so there's never been a reason to push yourself yeah there's occasionally some been players, some, some of the people. scale modeling like painting events but i mean that's at least in north america i feel like that group is pretty far divorced from yeah. the gamer painters yeah like the ipms guys yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i think i think if we can get uh just more of those sort of events tied into tournaments they don't have to be their own thing just uh, uh there as well just get more visibility more people into that style of painting and to trying to level up their hobby game or even just, like, painting something for fun, throw it in. If you want some feedback, you can get it. Yeah, totally. You know, like, it doesn't have to necessarily be about... I think when it comes to painting events, it's not always about winning. Yeah. It's about having fun with what you're doing, maybe trying a new technique and getting feedback on it. Yep. Like, hey, I tried this, did it work? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's subjective. You can't take it as competitive. You just... It's an excuse to get together and hang out with people that like painting miniatures and get some feedback and also throw in like sort of a half-hearted contest. Like I don't, I don't think you're, you're right. Like I don't think these events should be, uh, as, uh, competitive as like the actual gaming side of things because it's a lot less subjective. Yeah. Um, and it's not like every local event can support a crystal brush. Exactly. Like, that's just yeah. not a thing. Yeah. It's just more of an excuse to, to again, get people painting things that aren't army pieces and get yeah. that uh, that part of the hobby just pushed a little bit more is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Which it was great. Um, yeah, I, the, the weekend was kind of a blur because it was just so much gaming. Yeah. Because I did the the Blood Bowl on Saturday and then I played like four games of Shades Bar on Saturday night and then ten more on Sunday. Whew. That's a lot <laughs> of games. I played three games and I was like wiped on Monday. Admittedly, each one of those games of Shadespire was like thirty minutes or less. Sure, yeah, but that's still a lot of games. Yeah, it's a lot of games. I feel like I know my Goblin deck now. I would hope so. So, it was kind of neat to see though. Like when you're playing the game, the the first few times you run it, um, you're kind of getting used to it and figuring out you f- you figure out like your best board positioning, mm-hmm. like what orientation you want. And seriously, the hallway is so good for goblins. Oh, like end to, short end to short end. Yeah, 
Okay, interesting. I have no idea why. Is it because of body blocking and shit? Body blocking and have your objectives at the back and just be like, and I'm going to cycle that objective over my side now. And look, I scored that point. Yeah, they can. Cycle that objective my side now. I was like, oh, I scored that point and this point now. It's it's absurd. They can do like chained activations for movement and stuff. So they can, yeah, they can definitely block off the board pretty quickly. How much have you played of this uh, new deck, Mike? This Have you played any of the Night Vault stuff? Some of it. Not, not the, I haven't tried the Goblin or the uh, Nine yet. Gotcha. But from like my first game with them was against you on Thursday. Yep. To where I was at by the end of uh, Sunday was like a totally different place, and I didn't change the deck at all. Yeah, that's what I love about Shadespire. Is you can you can pretty much put together a deck without a lot of skill, and you can start to see the combos in it. Well, the fun thing too is like picking those when the bright activation is to cycle a power card. Yep. Or an objective card. Yep. You know, it was really cool. Um, but Ward did a fantastic job with Onslaught. Um, the prizes looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack from Maelstrom Games uh, did them up. So, if you ever want like some really cool looking trophies for your event, yep. and you don't want to have to go through like a weird special event or trophy store where yeah, where they're, they're just going to fuck you and they don't really know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like Jack makes great custom trophies. Uh, Ward gave away patches this year. Yep, we gave cool. away the Hobby Night in Canada uh, bottle caps. Yep, you got hanging out here somewhere. Which was great because he actually ended up giving four to the Shadespire guys to use for activation tokens. Oh, nice. I like that. That's rather perfect. Just flip them over. and Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that works perfectly. They do work as objective tokens as well for 40k. Yeah, absolutely. And um, um, Thunderground and Red Claw and um, who were some of the other ones? There was... Uh, Industrial Park Games Industrial Park donated two hundred dollar gift cards. Yep. Yeah, Roy dropped off a Speed Freaks box that Steve won. Yep, and uh, one of the large Battle Foam bags. Two, two. Each day they gave away a pack seven twenty. Wow. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Um, Those are not cheap. Yeah, Red Claw gave away a handful of stuff, and they were there selling stuff all weekend. Yep. Yeah, they had I a table full of drop zone for like fifty percent off. They're always there supporting the the scene. Uh, Red Claw is fantastic for that. Yeah, and it was really cool too because. That way, if you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot my whatever, yeah, they're, they're there and you can go pick and it up. And the other thing, too, about Red Claw, and you, they're, they are tournament gamers themselves, like the people that run the this, this shop. Uh, so they're giving up tournament time. Yeah, they they are there to to make sure that the locals uh, scene is supported. Um, if they were closer to me, they'd be my shop that I go to all the time. Uh and also, they always have the glue station, which is the greatest thing yeah. ever at a tournament. That's just so brilliant. Yeah, the little sponsored retailer, We Got Your Back, with like super glue and accelerator and yeah. plastic cement and stuff. Which is which is so good, because I used to always bring glue and, and shit to the, to the events, and I don't anymore, and it's great, because I don't have to worry about that shit exploding any of my bags. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. That's so, great. Yeah, absolutely. For that. Uh, great event. And we sold some Hobby Night in Canada swag, a couple of t-shirts, a few uh, bags of dice and stuff. That was pretty sweet. So we can cover some of our hosting? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're getting there. It's near the end of the year. We've only got halfway to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so go to Threadless? <laughs> yeah, help us out. Um, but no, um, Dan, like you weren't playing any games, but you were at the hobby booth the whole time. Yeah, I was sort of sitting up um, at the front where, because obviously when Ward's running the tournament, he's often running around keeping an eye on things. and yep. uh, He's got other things to do. Yeah, so I was sitting up by the um, the painting competition section of the tables where you know people were turning in their results and asking questions and dropping off painting contest entries and just generally, you know, hanging out and having conversations and enjoying some hobby time and... Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I got to see tons of people on the weekend that I don't get to see very often, like um, 
some of the old XGW staff, like uh, Jason was saying, it was like an old XGW reunion there where like he and Dusty and Chris were playing um, in the bolt action. Uh, Jason cool. Hatfield was there. Yeah. That's a name that you don't hear too often in gaming circles anymore, but he's a great dude. So it's, it was really cool to see, yeah, a lot of those faces that uh, to some extent we haven't seen in a really long time. Cool. And um, yeah, the we hung out and did some after hours gaming on the Saturday night, uh, played some Titanicus. Got some skip the dishes and uh, yeah, it was just and Todd to James. Don't forget that. Yeah, and we definitely oh, saw took that. pictures and sent them to James because we have soup and you do not. It's you know the, the usual. I feel like one of these days we need to like loudly eat pho on this podcast <laughs> just for James, so like he can actually get like soup taunted with a new sensory experience. a new medium. <laughs> yeah, mm. that would be pretty awesome. Like I ate, I ate pie in the first half of the episode and I hope it didn't show up on the microphone, but. But just like, yeah, soup is a more audible, (laughs) (laughs) a little bit more slurping involved for sure. Especially if it's a special, special episode of this of Hobbit in Canada of us just eating soup, not saying a word, just eating soup for like (laughs) half an hour, (laughs) (laughs) and then release it. Just be like, love you, James. (laughs) That would be pretty magical. Uh, Speaking of Titanicus. Yeah, that's probably a good segue. Yeah, good enough segue. So you guys played a ton of Titanicus, or not a ton, I'm assuming it was probably one oh, just, game. Just the one game. Well, yeah. each each Warhound Titan is 420 tons, so there was a lot of tons. Oh, fair enough. Okay, so you played your first game? That's, first game. That's more tons than an Atlas. We missed so yeah. many rules. Four Atlas together. So how many points did you guys play? Like, was it just a beginner game, or, like, did you play with your full-painted Legion that you had? Uh, no, John, and, John and Mike played, and Jason and myself, uh, we hung out, and we kind of, like, combined four heads to try and make the rules make sense. Yeah, they most, helped us. Because none of us had really played before. We had just read through the book. So wait a second. What are they? What are they? They helped us with rules. You see? Rules that I missed that hurt me. <laughs> like, oh, hey, Mike, you just got shot with a volcano cannon. You realize you get hit twice, right, because you're under the middle of the template? Like, oh, thanks, Dan. Oh, no, thanks. I didn't know that. Thanks, Dan. Gotcha. <laughs> thanks, D- Ick, Dan. What do yeah. you mean he blew off my arm? What What do you mean my body's almost... Oh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we tend to realize how rules actually work right when it was about to fuck somebody, meaning Mike, over. Yeah, gotcha. But it was like totally... You know, just we reread the rules as they came up in the game, and oh, this is way worse than we thought. So we so, learned a lot. So don't let Dan help you. Did John have like a, a fully painted? Uh, yes, he did. And it's so John, did I. Of we both he did. did. Yeah, we nice. both did. So like Dan, I painted a foot and a land raider. Yeah. I keep forgetting that important <coughs> land raider. Yeah, it's yeah but yeah, though they were both so what? Well, both painted, both at fifteen hundred. So after playing this, also we yeah. we thought two thousand was going to be too much. Every so let's cut it down to fifteen hundred because that's probably not going to work. But think about this game is when it starts to go down and the south. Sec- the second your shields are gone, things start exploding violently. Like, it takes a while to whip through shields, but once they're gone, like, yeah, the game is brutal. Yeah, makes it kind of makes sense. So I mean, 2,000 points, two hours, I'm thinking that is actually a, a thing. It's it's Gotcha. It's not like before where you look at it and go, oh, 2,000 is way too many points. You better cut it down to 15 or 
1,750, it's... No, it's 2,000. So I'm guessing the first works. couple of turns probably take quite some time, and then after that, it's like... Well, especially because a lot of us were stumbling through the rules and figuring out the turns. No, I'm talking in general for the... Uh, for the oh, yeah, it'll be a lot game. of shield saves, a lot of positioning. A lot of the smaller units have relatively short range as yeah, well, so, so they're just sort of maneuvering. Once you know what you're doing, first turns will take a while, and then it's going to be very quick. Kind of yeah, and it accelerates show. like it's a snowball. Like, well, like we gotcha. said, once things start to go south, they, they go really fast. It is kind of like Battletech in that regard, where... It is kind of a slow grind in the beginning to, like, chew through the armor, but then the second things start to go bad, you can get, like, critical hits, you know? Like, you can get... Oh, you can do that, too? Oh, yeah. Magazine explosions, reactors gone. It's it's kind of like um, old editions of 40K. They recycled um, rules mechanics from a number of different game systems of 40K past into it. So, like, you roll your your strength, or sorry, you take your strength, you roll your dice and add to it to try and penetrate the armor once the shields are gone. It's exactly like the old armor pen rules. And it's kind of like the old glancing and penetrating hit things. So, like, if you're hitting the body of a titan, it might say if you roll 11 to 12, you do, like, one wound to the vehicle, basically. If you roll, like, a 13 to a 15, then that's two damage. Uh, And then if you roll, like, a 16 plus, it's a critical hit. So you get two points of damage, plus you move on the critical chart, and, like, potentially bad things start happening as well. Like, you can get your... Your servos damage on your legs, you can get reactor leaks in your torso, yeah. that sort of a thing. So, again, once those shields go down and these bad things starting start to happen, like, yeah, you're getting weapons blown off, you're getting um, all kinds of crazy stuff, and very much like um, some of the large vehicles in 40k, when they blow up, you probably don't want to be standing next to them. <laughs> gotcha. Because very bad things can happen, but it's, yeah, it to me yep. it's very much like Battletech, where, again, getting through those initial layers of protection takes a little bit of time, but then very quickly it starts to snowball and escalate. Mm-hmm. And when shit goes bad, it can go bad fast. Oh, yeah. So what kind awesome. of dice are you using in Titanic? Is it mostly D6? D6 uh, mostly D10. D6. The occasional D10, the occasional scatter die. There's a there's a hit location D6 as well, where you can hit like the arms, the legs, the body, the head. Yeah. There's a special indicator, which I don't believe any of the current um, yeah. vehicles use. use. And there's also the reactor dice for when you overheat. Yes, when you're using... Um, Weapons that are specifically taxing on your reactor, you roll a dice to see like how far you go up on the um, engine heat track. Yeah, and, and it could be thing. zero to three, I think it is. And potentially your Titan's um, machine oh, spirit might awaken and do things that you really don't want it to do. Like it might just become impetuous and charge straight forward. It might become stubborn and immediately end its activation. Like, or it could just like rage out and start attacking things. It's yeah, it, it is definitely pretty cool. There's there's so much going on in the game. There's a lot of depth to it that we didn't recognize. Um, a lot of the blast weapons that we thought were kind of like overpriced before, because we found that little rule where, oh, if the circle in the center of the template touches your base, you get hit twice. So volcano cannons, a lot more freaking terrifying. Okay, see, so they're not as overpriced if you can be accurate with them. Yeah, we, th- yeah. Well, they, they, we thought they were overpriced and they weren't that effective because we thought... Uh, yeah, you're going to get one or... One shot, one but but the thing is with the volcano cannon, it hits you. If it hits you with the little circle, you get hit twice. Chances are, when you get hit with volcano cannon, it is so strong that it is probably going to do a crit every time. Yeah, the the or, smaller the smaller classes are shields. Or or yeah, but you don't yeah. want to actually you don't want to use that cannon to strip shields. It's you a want complete use, overkill. Yeah, you want to use like a Gatling gun. And try to overload the shield from all the the dice you're throwing. Yeah, gotcha. Right? Then, but once the shield's down, you hit with those. And like I said, 
it's the strength is so high that it's almost guaranteed that you're going to do either um, a devastating hit or a critical hit, and critical hits hurt like hell. So the strategy is basically try and get uh, shields down with the little stuff, maneuver to do that, yep. and then... Hit with the big guns. And then, okay. Yeah, so, so there's... Basically, one of the things that we really came across very quickly in the rules are... Almost every weapon system, with the possible exception of the flamers on the Warhounds, which just seem terrible. Yeah, they, I still don't like them. Everything has a niche that they're really freaking good at. Like, um, So the, why, why are the flamers so bad? Just there's no target that really makes sense Because they have 8-inch range. They have a flamer template range in Titanicus, where some of the weapons have 120-inch range. Yeah, which they should have. That makes sense. Yeah, they, but so. it's just that <laughs> it, unless you're really, really in dense terrain, they're... I can't see them being useful at all. Yeah, they're about like a full-on crazy city fight. If you have absolutely tons of terrain, Warhounds... But terrain is destructible in that game, too, isn't it? Yes. Technically, it. yes. We weren't doing any We weren't getting all the, that. We didn't get to that part yet. We, we, the first game. But yeah, yeah, if there, if there is... Yeah, deal with yeah, terrain yeah. If there is too much cover in the way and your Warlords can't shoot at the enemy, you can just blast the shit out of buildings so that you can shoot them next turn. That's, That's a thing. Awesome. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> but... Like um, but yeah, the, the Warhounds, um, according to designers, they're very much like um, some of the old Dark Eldar armies where if you can like ninja the shit out of them, never make mistakes, and play to the scenery to avoid line of sight, they are absolutely vicious. Like We realized, once we figured out how pl- templates work with the potential to get uh, those double hits, um, it is technically possible. It's There's a lot of hoops to jump through, but you can get potentially 8 strength 13 hits on a Titan from a single Warhound in one round of shooting. With like if they have gun or if they have weapon? dual plasma blast guns, yeah. yeah. If they use maximal charge on both to bump to strength ten, if they coordinate fire in a squadron, they call it maximal charge because that's correct. If they coordinate fire in a squadron, and if they get a rear shot on a titan, if they jump through all those hoops and hit with every shot, that's eight strength thirteen hits. So they have to get yeah okay. So you got to be so able to maneuver. It's insane. Like it's it's yeah. not going to happen. But considering the Bellicosa cannons, which are freaking terrifying, yeah. are a strength twelve template. Yeah, and they cost on a unit that's like well. So over wait, how do they get points. the strength thirteen? Is they have to be within? You get plus two to your plus two to your damage roll or your to your penetration value. I your guess strength. from when you're attacking from the rear. Okay, yeah. And you get plus one when squadrons are coordinating fire on a single target. You get plus two strength for the cor- for the maximal fire and the strength eight base. Gosh, okay. So you can go from so eight, they're actually fairly high eight strength. to ten to thirteen. And with the double hits from templates... So the plasma blast gun, though, is high strength, though, for yeah. the size of the t- uh, vehicle. Like, the Warhound's packing yes. a bit of a punch. Yes. And that is gotcha. that is far and away the most expensive loadout for a Warhound, but they are still less than half the cost of a Warlord. They're squishy as hell by less comparison. Less than half the cost? Like, I mean, a yeah. single single war, a Warhound is less than half the cost? Um, a, warlord, a Warlord is generally about 500 points. Okay, and a Warhound and a warhound, warhound maxes out at 240. That's more than I thought, actually. It's interesting, okay. But so how much? How many points is a reaver? Uh, reavers, of most loadouts are around low three, three hundred, three ten. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's surprising. But that it's, it's an all rounder. It's got more hits. It's got more shields. It's more sturdy. I would have thought that the reaver would have been more points, and the uh, like if the or the warhound would have been less. Is all I'm coming. Yeah. The, oh, okay, the yeah. base the base cost of a warhound is one eighty. The base cost of a reaver is two fifty. And the base cost of a of a so warlord are is like, three fifty, but its weapons are way more expensive. Yeah. The weapons in general just seem very expensive. So like fifty points to because if you, if a I think volcano warhound, cannons are fifty or sixty. Yeah, because if a warhound you said was one fifty base one eighty one eighty. So yeah, it's like sixty points in weaponry. Twenty twenty. I think it's twenty. Um, most of the guns are twenty. The Vulcan megabolters are ten, and the plasmas are thirty. Yeah. Okay. So two of them. 
going up to 60. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But it definitely seems like the weapons, again, are appropriately costed. Were some of them like the Melta Cannons on the Reaver before? I, I was like, why are these so expensive? They're not that crazy. The oh, blast. they get double hits. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, like... Do they use the same old, like, 3rd edition? Yes. Yeah, so, the, the flame large and small templates from old uh, 40k and fantasy gotcha. are definitely used in Titanicus. Yeah. Interesting. Who but, are no, the rules for it? Um, he is... I don't know the guy's name, but um, he actually had, like, an AMA on Reddit a while ago. Interesting. Which was kind of neat, but um, I don't, I don't know the, the fellow's name. He's but he actually... He wrote the first draft of Necromunda... As well, before he became freelance. Interesting. Okay, so he's he does have like the background with GW because it seems like yeah. stealing that template or not stealing, but just reusing. Reusing. It's interesting. interesting. Yeah, and uh, it, again, it definitely like a lot of the mechanics of the game harken back to some of them remind of old Battlefleet Gothic, some of them remind of old Epic, some of them from old 40k. Um, they definitely kind of cherry picked a lot of the best rules from all these different systems, so that there is a sense of familiarity no matter what background you come at it from. Gotcha. Which I think is just a really oh, good idea. Nice. And so, any changes to your list? Yeah, actually, there will be. It's I. I'll, I was like, oh, I got to get rid of these volcano cannons. Like, no, I'm going to keep them now. And um, <laughs> I, the warhounds, I had one of each. Now I'm going to go double plasma on, on them, like because I had, a, the, had a turbo and a, the plasma blaster on it before. Yeah, I think originally I was planning my list with mixed loadouts on the Warhounds as well, but I think doubling up is, is, is the way to like it is just, in 40k. You just pick a particular niche and go for it. Yeah, yeah but all my weapons are magnetized, so it doesn't matter. Of course they're. Just switch the, the But there is, <laughs> a, there is a potential downside to doubling up on weapon systems. The oh way, yeah, it'll heat up faster. Nope, not even that, because you don't maximal right. fire is optional. When, you are, when you're attacking in Titanicus... Um, you roll each type of weapon at the same time. Oh, so and, you can't choose different And types. if you knock all the shields down, excess there's damage gating, so that when you knock down the shields, any excess damage do not transfer to the body from that yeah. attack. Gotcha. So if you have a guy that's got one or two shield you know, points left on his track... And you fire both plasma blast guns. It's And you have to, because you can't split it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes so sense. it's you do potentially get into the situation. You get into the fast overkill. dice. It's the same fast dice rolling mechanic as 40k, except 40k it's optional. You can choose not to fast dice roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So there's there there is some incentive to not double up all the time because there will be situations where a guy's got one freaking point of shields left. One weapon would probably knock it down. But it sounds like it completely outweighs the like. I don't that. think it'll you'll run into that situation a lot, but you could. And really there is also um, yeah. a command like you can do different command checks, special abilities like old epic yeah. um, for your different titans, and one of them is to split fire. So if you have a target that's got like one hit left, you could if you pass a command roll and bypass your ability to do other things. You could split up your attack. So you, doing the turbo turbo laser, the Vulcan Mega Bolter for shields, like you could fire the squadron. I'm guessing Warhounds don't come in squadron, or do they come in squadrons? They, they can be deployed in squadrons. They don't have to. They act independently afterwards, I'm guessing? Um, I think they actually have to basically... They basically have to maintain unit coherency and like share an activation if they want all these extra special rules. Like They can share shields. Oh, interesting. Where you can use the best... Interesting. You can use the strongest shield value of the group and then assign... The hits off the shields to whichever one you choose. Like, Interesting. So they can pool their shields and stuff. They can, again, coordinate their attacks. But they count as fewer activations, so you don't get to, like, you know, use your shitty little activations to, like, wait out the enemy and then act with a bunch of guys at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are certain things like that where you want more activations and some that you don't. So there's there just seems to be so many pros and cons to literally every choice that you make in the game. 
Cool. Yeah. That's good. Which, again, and we didn't even hit all of the rules. We hit a good chunk. Like, of we barely got into melee because there yeah. were, there were what, three knights yeah. for melee units in the entire game? And that was it. Whereas melee bypasses shields. So, potentially, it's a very lethal way to take down fully intact titans. So, knights can run up to a warlord and just jump and grab for the groin banner? Yeah, yep. pretty much. Stab him in the yeah. dick. Yeah. Or I actually really excited to get a reaver into close combat because they're they're fist. Well, you can actually, power fist. Yeah, yeah, he has a power fist, but he can walk up, and if he hits like a warlord, there's actually a rule that they gets knocked back, and then maybe to the left or to the right. So you're literally staggering. And yeah, he's like back. Yeah, boom, 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 so the uh, turn to forty five degrees this way or forty five cool. degrees this way. Concussive <laughs> weapons in that game when they do hull damage. Yeah, um, they can potentially make the enemy titan stagger backwards and turn or whatever. I like that. So quake cannons have. So you can it. get into a full on like knockdown boxing match. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's, yes. yeah, it's rock'em sock'em robots, man. It's good times. And and the other fun thing too is uh, most of the melee weapons have a built in plus one or plus two uh, to hit modifier. Mm-hmm. And with, with non-template weapons in that game, you can take a minus two to hit penalty to target a specific location oh, yeah. on the enemy Punch body. So you if the guy's go got for the chin, so, or if the enemy titan has like one wound left in its torso, you can just be like, "I'll take the minus two to hit and go for the torso and just auto kill this thing." That's and awesome. Template weapons like the the volcano cannons—they're not allowed to do that because they use templates. Yeah. So there's again there's strengths and weaknesses to every yeah. different weapon system. I like that. It was good. This was what should work. Should, you should have to make those decisions in a game. That sounds. It sounds pretty solid. If there's one thing that we should do differently next time, it is use bigger scenery. Things oh yeah, yeah, no, to no, block that, line of sight. Yeah. But you understand, you it was avatar. my scenery. <laughs> I don't like making scenery. I, I know. know if you guys we don't know that. I know. <laughs> We've talked you, about this, a couple this of once or twice. <laughs> but having yeah, having yeah, some of the larger, scenery. having yeah. some drop zone commander sized buildings to block line of sight to warlords would be really handy so that there's potentially ways to outmaneuver them and they don't just stand in the back like a turret and shoot everything. So do you guys think that like one of those packs with the drop zone card scenery would be enough to play? No. Oh, with the drop zone packs, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that would fill the table pretty quickly. Yeah. Because like for those of you that are interested, that's 50 bucks. Or any of the many, there's, there's shitloads of companies now that do um, the MDF, like, you know, four to ten mil buildings, yeah. Yeah. which... Again, you basically can't tell the difference at that scale for the most part. Just yeah. get something that's between like three and ten inches tall, and you'll be fine. Yeah, so even the ten is probably extreme overkill until the imperators come out. But that's what I mean about that drop zone terrain. It's got a great it's selection cheap. of sizes. It's super cheap. You don't have to paint it. Just, like you basically just pop it out and glue it together. I'm kind of waiting for somebody just to do like a super gothic style yeah. cardboard building. I was gonna set. say it's a little bit too like futuristic art art deco for the drop zone stuff. But foreground. Foreground is actually doing MDF, um, like, Imperial Gothic scenery. It including, looks good. Including, like, an industrial sector sector with where it's, like, um, the, like, Sector Mechanicum style. Oh, cool. Like, gantries and walkways and Promethium tanks and like stuff. Like this thing? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, an MDF 6 mil version of uh, cool. Sector Mechanicum terrain. I like that. Which, that looks pretty cool. I'll have to keep my eye on that just because there's so few other companies it's not out all there. Yet, though, is it? I don't know if it was just up on pre-order or like preview on the Facebook page a few days ago. I saw it, but I didn't really look into it in that much detail. Okay. But regardless, it looks like something that would be really cool to augment a board, just because you don't get those like um, again those Promethean pipe refinery looking kits in that scale ever. Yeah. No. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, so it definitely seems like it's good game. The first impressions are solid because uh, a lot more depth there than we initially thought. Like I already knew there was going to be a good amount, but this was very encouraging. That again, everything has its niche. 
there's once they start adding new legios with new stratagems and new little uh, yeah. special rules to customize them in different ways. New campaign books or whatever they're yeah, talking the new, about too. New campaign books are talking about adding new mana pool formations and different special abilities. Yeah. Like, it's also how I could trick uh, he was so excited about playing it or seeing it played that it was really easy to hey you want to make a painting bet? Blah 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 blah. And <coughs> you just want to get a free, lot, a free yeah, dinner. Yeah, really. yeah what's your point? <laughs> so, no point I'm just saying. But no, it's it definitely seems really solid and the designers obviously are very apt about it. Like um, on that Twitch stream they were talking about there was a lot of wish listing for the designers for the things that they want to build but don't necessarily have approval. They want to do the Beast Arises as an f- expansion down the road once they're done with some of the base Imperial kits. Gotcha. Because so they could be like... They'd want to do a 30-second millennium yeah, to do the Gorkonaut or not Stompas and shit sh- like that. Yeah, because yeah. the game currently is set in the Horus Heresy, so like M31, and the logical place yeah. to go from here would be Beast Arises because you add another faction, you sort of potentially test the waters... For expanding into vehicles and not just titans. For sure, for sure. And Wait, so the next step is orcs? That's what the designers want to do, but they said it a million <coughs> times during the stream, this is not us saying what's coming next, this is us saying please bosses, let us work on this. No, no, that's all I need. Like, But they, that's what they want to do. Yeah, all I'm saying is like it could be a year or two away because they got all their other shit to worry about. Even if it's yeah. three years away, if I can know that there's potentially going to be stompas and like... Dorks. Gargants and Mega Gargants and stuff like that in Gargants, this scale. Air quote belly cannons for days. Dickon! But yeah, that is that is very much what the designers want to do. Because there's only, again, there's only so many classes of Imperial Titans. And the Chaos versions are the same but with spiky bits, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's on their radar. It's what they want to be doing. And that level of enthusiasm in the directions that I would want it to be is encouraging. Cool. Sounds yeah. good. Well, that gets me excited because honestly, my only critique with uh, with this whole thing is that it's not orcs, <laughs> and that's not even a fair critique. Yeah. It's just I'm looking the whole time you guys were talking about Titanicus. I'm like, that's pretty cool, but I got this like sweet orc sprue in front of me right now. That has and I'm two like, V6 engines strapped together. Yeah, right. One of them's a four cylinder. Nope, to both V6s. Oh, I thought the designers were saying it was okay. That one is. Yeah, you're right. But, the, but this is one of five. Yeah, so one of them potentially has a V6 mated to a four-cylinder. Nice. I like it. Because why not? I hope it's turbocharged. <laughs> well, there's a massive intake on that. Well, those ones are both big. Big blowers. Twin screw blowers. Yeah. Love a good twin screw. Oh Anyways, my God. on that note. <laughs> this has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. Until next time, I'm Tom. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And I'm Steve. Uh, I was really hoping you'd NPR it a little, a little harder, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Steve. Yes. So please play some games, paint your models, have fun, and uh, remember that Hobby Night in Canada is not a a well-funded venture, <laughs> and that we, we too are kind of are like NPR. <laughs> yeah, we we really are like NPR. We too could use some of your dirty, dirty dollars. So check out our Threadless store at. Threadless.ca slash hobby night? Not even close. <laughs> Just go to go to hobbynight.ca and click on the shopping cart. Yes. There you go. That's a much easier way to do it. 